getting a better lighting. <laughs> All right. Before the arenas, before the awards. This is Before Nashville Live. Have a question for our guest? Send it to us via Messenger. Here's your host, George Davis. And welcome to Before Nashville, where we're introducing the country stars of tomorrow to the country fans of today. And, um, well, we were going to try to do something a little different, but that didn't quite work out. So we'll just stick with our normal procedure here, and we'll go with Facebook and YouTube. So tonight joining me is a, um, a young lady who she's not only a musician, a songwriter, a singer. She's also an actress. Uh, she's been in the film, and we'll talk about that here in a little bit. And she is uh, from the what they like to call the... Um, uh, PNW, that's where she was born, and I'll let her explain that to you as she talks about how she was born. It's Minnie Murphy. Minnie, how you doing tonight? Hey, I'm doing great. Thank awesome. you so much for having me. Well, thanks for coming on. It's always a joy to have uh, have artists on that are trying to make their way, and uh, you've been in Nashville for a minute. I mean, it's, uh, it's not like you've only been there six months. You've been there a little bit. Yep, I have. And it has been a while. So tell me a little bit about the the beginnings of, of Minnie Murphy. Where'd you grow up? How'd you get into music and things like that? And then we'll progress on to getting into Nashville and a few other things. A uh, uh, little uh, uh, family background we'll talk about later on as well. So. I hear the little one. Yeah. So, um, well, I grew up in uh, Bellingham, Washington, which mm -hmm. is north of Seattle. It's actually closer to um, Vancouver than, than Seattle, but um, right on the water. And uh, my dad plays guitar and my mom plays piano and um that's how they made their living is playing, playing all the bars and honky tonks and in um, Bellingham and um, and so I just grew up around music and you know knew it was what I wanted to do pretty early on and um, right. Of course, my my mom made us all take piano lessons when we were kids and right. And I just, you know, became addicted to it pretty much like waking up every day, wanted to play piano first thing, you know? Right. And, um, and I just started writing songs probably when I was, I guess, 13 or something like that. You know, like once I figured out enough uh, theory and I learned enough about chords and and um, how to play with both hands and stuff. Right. I uh, started writing. And um, so in high school, I started coming to Nashville and with my dad and working with uh, Nashville songwriters. And we got together like five songs and um, made, a de made a demo and uh, shopped it around. And I got a deal with Sony when I was a senior in high school. Right. And um, they flew out to our house in Bellingham. I sang for one of the A&R guys there and uh, they, they liked it. So <laughs> <laughs> we got a deal and um, 
moved here to Nashville and um, that was kind of the beginning of my school of the music business. I That deal like shortly after Sony and RCA merged and um, I wasn't able to put out my music, but um, it was a great learning opportunity and uh, got to meet a lot of people and collaborate. And I um, just kept working and uh, playing around town and then mm -hmm. had another deal where the same kind of thing happened. And um, the investor decided to pull the plug. And so I had my album, but we never got to release it. And, uh, nice. but I just kept working and, um, going back and forth, you know, just paying my dues, you know, doing piano bars and playing in wedding bands and, um, waitressing and, and then, uh, singing backup for people and, uh, right. And, um, just kind of held on, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's just something that I love so much and you Absolutely. know it's it's uh it's been a blessing to make a living making music in one way or, or another and um so I'm writing for a publishing company now called Evergreen mm -hmm. and uh at at the time I wasn't planning to try to put myself out there as an artist again but uh my publisher wanted me to put out a song and um, I was like, I wasn't sure about that song, but, but what about this one? And and so that's kind of how this whole thing started. It was right. a bunch of demos and things that we had written and uh, it just kind of all came together. And um, I think I have a little boy now and I think mm -hmm. having him kind of inspired me to want to put music out again and, you know, leave an example to never give up and, and uh you know follow through <laughs> oh yeah yeah, so, yeah it's been a, an adventure and um it's it's been awesome so so when you were growing up in washington now we're we're gonna go back a little bit and and just kind of uh ask a few questions leading up to today but you, i mean at at that time you know in the 90s and and all that you're in the midst of the grunge and the alternative rock and all that, you know, coming out of Seattle and, and, and around there, did that ever play a part in the music that you wrote? I mean, did you feel like that maybe that was a route you needed to take or has country always been that love of music for you? No, actually I love alternative. I love, um, all genres really i listen mm -hmm. to everything and um i love uh jazz and r&b i think vocally i've always been drawn to soul singers and blues <clears throat> and jazz and um yeah i mean i love like nirvana and pearl jam and that whole alternative rock i've covered like a lot of the that type of music too and, and written some stuff like that and um i got like a pop project and like a punk rock project and um all different kinds of, i've done hip-hop and and uh you know i just like it all so i mean I, i'd love to put out all that stuff it was just kind of um 
I think, uh, you know, living in Nashville, <laughs> right? you know, it's, it's country here. And, um, but yeah, I mean, that is part of my roots. Right. Uh, with my dad and that's what he played, you know, in the bars, it was like country rock and classic rock. And, um, I just try to absorb it all. And, um, right. but, uh, I'd like to, uh, you know, be the type of artist that surprises people and, and, um, does something totally different, you know? I mean, I know that country mm -hmm. music is, I think people have gotten real territorial with like, you know, saying that you can only do one thing, but right. I don't, I don't believe that. I mean, at least for me, I, I, I want to explore all kinds of things and I feel like that's how you learn and grow. And, and, you know, with countries like, um, there's so many different types of country music too. I mean, you can, you can infuse, genres and in, into country and vice versa you know so mm -hmm. i think like with my deal on sony i was actually trying to do like a sort of a um jazz country thing i was playing piano and upright bass and and I, but i was listening to bjork and and uh death tones and like right you know um uh, red hot chili peppers and then also like bluegrass and um Western swing and, and um, Celtic country. And uh, so I, I get excited by trying to um, do something new, you know, and blend in all those influences and stuff. Right. Yeah. Well, and you know, so many people today, they say, well, today's country is not country. And, you know, like you said, there's so many what I call subgenres of country. There's pop country, there's country rap, there's country rock, there's, uh, you know, uh, just about anything, like you said, can be infused into country music. And the bottom line is country music tells a story. It doesn't, to me, it doesn't matter how the story is told. The, the heart and soul of country music is being able to tell a story. And you can do that in a lot of ways. I mean, the beat you have behind you and whatever instruments you're using or if you're using samples or whatever, it doesn't matter. It's all about the story. And that's what makes country music so viable to so many people, I think. Yeah, for sure. And I think that um, I, I also feel like there's an American spirit of um, liberty and um individuality like uh mm -hmm. you know living off the land and and right being able to uh, protect your family and uh stand up for what you believe in i think there's so many things that people talk about in country that i can relate to and right. um, so it's almost like a, a way of life you know <laughs> right well, I mean, they talk about, you know, you've got people that talk about the Second Amendment. I mean, we'll just call it what it is, First Amendment, Second Amendment. You know, they talk about all that. They talk about, you know, just uh, like you said, living off the land and protecting your land, protecting your family and doing what's right. I mean, that's what our country was founded on. And that's one of the things I love about country music is, you know, I can listen to it and hear somebody talk about the second amendment in there in any way they want to do it. I mean, I'm a very staunch supporter of the second amendment 
And, uh, you know, same way with the First Amendment. You, That's why we have the freedom that we have is so we can say whatever we want to say, however we want to say it. And my yeah. feeling is people can either listen and either accept it or not accept it and change to something else or listen to somebody else. Yeah, I mm. mean, I, I'm, you know, proud to be supporting constitutional rights and you know don't tread on me and right i love all that kind of um rebel spirit of of independence and uh liberty of the individual and um right being able to uh just chase your dreams and uh you know be the best you can be i feel like you know yeah those things or you know what make america great and <laughs> right it's a tradition and i think that uh you know it's something that we have to keep alive and and so i applaud it all that whole part of the country music fan base that you know mm -hmm. is proud of of um you know those liberties right <laughs> and it's Especially now, you know, there's so much going on. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I try not to get real political about it, but right for me, like, I that's why I wanted to do music is because it represents freedom for me. Like, as a kid, I was like, well, I can do anything. I can be anything. I can say anything. I can explore all kinds of things, you know, that, right. you know, so I saw this freedom in music. And that's what drew me to it. And, um, but I, I like, I listen to all kinds of stuff, you know? Right. So, but I do really love that, that, that traditional country music. And, um, so that's kind of what this project has a lot of that going on. And, and the single that I have out is, is very much undeniably country you know yes absolutely now when you because you said you signed a deal with sony when you were 17 obviously it was for country music i mean it was sony nashville and they i mean did you feel at that time in washington before you moved did you feel like you were an outcast because everybody was you know all, all your friends were listening to something else or were they all on the country bandwagon and enjoyed country music or I, no, mean, I definitely felt like an outcast. <laughs> 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 I mean, on the one hand, you know, like, I don't know. I was always an outcast. I was always shy and reclusive and, and, um, I don't know. I mean, I always felt a little bit different, you know, and, yeah. but, uh, yeah, it wasn't really like the cool thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember going down to the studio in Bellingham and I was hanging out with like some guys that were getting signed to Warner Brothers and they were doing like rock music. And mm -hmm. and um, one of them was kind of like, what do you what do you think of your demographic? You know, and he, he would make fun of like Toby Keith or whatever. Or, but. Um, and so, yeah, that did that did mess with me. I used to have like anxiety attacks going into record stores because I did feel like, um, 
this pressure to uh, know what the underground cools thing was, you know? Right. And um, I just think that, you know, that's just immaturity. And if it's cool to you, then that's all that matters, really. I mean, right. nothing's cool. Nothing is really good or bad. It's just what you think of it, you know? I mean, like. Right. And also, it takes so much courage to uh, put yourself out there. And there's no other job, really, that gets that amount of criticism. <laughs> and like like being an artist does, you know? I mean, you're literally, you got yourself hanging out there and like right. for people to rip to shreds. And um, But at the end of the day, it's just a song, you know? It's just... Mm -hmm. So you, you put it out there, you make it, and then you move on to your next thing. And, you know, um, right. it's, it's there. It's a service, you know. It's there right. for people that like it, and you don't have to like it, you know. <laughs> you know? Right. That's the, that's the thing. It's like just, you know, there's so much to um, consume. And, and uh, you know, hopefully people will like it. <laughs> but right. if they don't, then, you know. I think, you know, I, personally, I get sick of anything. I, I don't care who it is, you know, it could be like my favorite artist. I, I, I can't listen to it 24 seven, you know, at some point, right. listen to something else. It's like eating the same thing every day, you know, so, <laughs> you know, right. have to kind of be able to um, remove yourself from it, you know, in that way. So as an artist, do you feel like it's black and white? People either love you or they hate you, or do you feel like there's an in-between? Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I am not really like super famous or anything, you know, I don't have that right. many followers. I mean, I've, I've always felt like I've kind of been in the arena, but not been like, able to break through you know i mean i've had national airplay and right toured internationally and yeah i've been in a movie and like had some small cuts here and there and and like but um i have no idea like how many people it's interesting like my dad showed me like a tiktok video of like this one like asian girl singing my song like i don't know <laughs> how she found it or I don't but you know like with the internet like anybody can stumble upon anything so well, yeah it's a great time to just for anyone to put put stuff out there you know right. and, uh, it's like I think it's it's almost like a um, spiritual magnetism you know whoever it's meant for might right. be drawn to it you know magnetically almost you know exactly exactly <laughs> so with with social media i mean with the with the invention of social media it's only you know gotten really big in the last 10 to 12 years um from when you were say first getting into nashville you know when you were 17 18 years old do you see how it has shifted the, the paradigm of country music to where, I mean, like you said, with, with, you know, with the internet and social media, you can find pretty much anything you want and anybody can pretty much find you. Um, 
you know, or, or any other artist for that matter, all they have to do is just, you know, go to Google and search. Um, I mean, that's how I found some things about you tonight. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's just that easy. Yeah. But do you feel like that it has been a good thing or a bad thing for an artist with social media the way it is? Especially TikTok seems to be the newest big craze that everybody's got to get on board, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's good and bad, I think, you know, like... I think today Facebook and Instagram was shut down because of somebody hacking it. So like, right. And I almost wonder like, was that a hacker or, or I, I wonder if anything's an accident because it's already so surveilled and everything and right. Everybody's really vulnerable. And um, so you have to protect yourself, but yet, you know, you want to get your music out there. And so you just have to, you do have to play the game and um but uh i would say it's a great thing more than i mean i think it's worth it you know because mm -hmm. there's so much you can do yourself you know right. you can be in control of how you um connect with people i think you know like being able to talk to, I mean, it's amazing how you can reach out to your favorite artists and, and uh, you know, just whoever it may be. And, and they might actually get back to you. I mean, right. I remember like, yeah, it was like MySpace was really popular mm -hmm. when I first came to Nashville. And, and so I wrote the lead singer of the rock band Filter. Uh -huh. Richard Patrick and he wrote me back and I was just like I right. printed it off and I like taped it on my wall and I was like I can't believe like he wrote me back and he was like yeah I love your music too and and like so it's it's pretty cool how like you know those worlds can collide like just like you know a regular person and then like somebody who's got like a million or gazillion followers you know right <laughs> but um it's a lot of work and I'm, you know, I don't like to be on the internet all the time, you know, and right. Uh, having to think about like the algorithms and I don't know, you know, it's, 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 it's kind of over my head in a lot of ways. I'm not really a natural at it, I would say. <laughs> right. And well, that's kind of like me. I'm not a natural at this whole, you know, social media thing. And, my wife does uh, a lot of work on social media, so she kind of helps me out. And and I don't do near as much of it as I probably should to boost up, you know, the followers and the listeners and all that stuff for the podcast. But, you know, I, I do it because I love to do it. So I'm not looking for getting a million followers or anything like that. If it happened, great. You know, hey, cool. But, yeah. I, you know, it's not like as soon as it happens, I'm going to jump on TikTok and go, oh, my gosh, we reached a million followers today. Like, okay, I wait. know. You know, yeah, I kind of felt these weird feelings like coming out again with music and like mm -hmm. talking about the single and, you know, the publicity teams like talk about the, the single. And that's what I'm supposed to do. And but sometimes I feel like, am I like is it too much? Like, you know, just say, yeah, we got this many streams now or, right. or, or check out my interview or look at my photo or listen to this. And it's just like, sometimes it feels like, 
I don't know. I think that's why TikTok has taken off is because it's like a glimpse of people's lifestyles. And so people right. can relate to that more than somebody just pushing their work on you and stuff. And, but you know, you can get creative and do things however you want. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, it's tough because it's like, you don't want to do it. You don't want to spam people. You know, I, right. I always felt like kind of annoyed if I had got on somebody's email list and it was like, they're sending me all this stuff all the time. And you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> I don't know. Like, and so that's probably like why I'm like, I mean, I got off social media for years, actually. I, I, something about it, like just turned me off and I just was like, I got to take a break. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It, it can be overwhelming. That's the thing. And then, you know, days like today and, and I, as, as we were talking before we went live, you know, I work in radio and today I'm, and, and I'm always looking at artists, you know, their Instagrams. I don't look at their Facebook so much because so many artists have kind of stepped away from Facebook and it's more Instagram and TikTok. So I'm looking at their Instagram and I'm not getting anything to come up and I'm like, what in the world? And I, my wife and I were having the discussion on the way home this evening um, because she picked me up at work. I had to drop my truck off to get it repaired. And we were talking and I said, I just want to, uh, you know, tomorrow I'm probably going to say, how many of you feel like your world was shut down? Right. You know, it's like, uh, what, what did you do for those two hours you normally waste on Facebook and Instagram? I know. I, you know, I haven't posted much lately. Um, but I went over to my mom's and I, she was listening to Lyle Lovett. And so I started playing the piano to it and, it was that song, you know, mm -hmm. um, what was it? No, you're not from Texas, but Texas wants you anyway. And that's right. You're not from Texas. So I was like, oh man, that piano solo was so cool. I'm going to see if I can play that and, uh -huh. and film me real quick. And I was like, I made a little video. I filtered it in black and white. And I took a picture of my son sitting at the piano and I tried to upload it. I was like, wouldn't upload and and then she pulled up that article that was like instagram facebook has been hacked and they got everybody's username and phone number and location <laughs> right like, yeah and then you're going why do i even use it <laughs> i know it's like, i don't know i mean but everything's yeah. kind of going digital i mean i tried to go through starbucks today and they couldn't break a hundred dollar bill yeah, and probably I had never have seen one. Yeah, I didn't have my debit card on me. Right. And I was like, oh my God, I need coffee so bad. And I just sped off all pissed off. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I'm so sorry. We can't break 100. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so, like, it's kind of freaky to think about, like, everything just being digital and being, being able to just be shut down. Like, right. I don't know. <laughs> it's scary. I mean, it's really, when you think about it, it's frightening because, you know, somebody um, gets a hold of our, you know, our infrastructure with the internet and it could just devastate the country. And I don't know why they haven't thought about that, you know, and, and probably even their backup is on a computer somewhere. And it's like, why? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I always like, you know? I think that's why I like that older school country because mm -hmm. 
it reminds me of that time of tangibility and oh yeah whether it's a cd even or like a vinyl record or you know um just just tangibility like I don't know. I don't like to have my whole life in my phone, you know. Right. I'd like to have a real flashlight instead of a phone flashlight or a real wallet or instead of the phone wallet or like, you know, exactly. other things that are like, you know, I miss the days of like flipping through like, you know, the CD case and reading mm-hmm. who played on it and all that stuff and looking at the, you know, just feeling the vinyl or whatever, you know. The, right. I just like to, I mean, I don't know. There's something about holding something that you can touch and I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's such a different feel. I'm a, I'm a big vinyl fan and I've got uh, a couple of artists that I've spoke with of late and a friend of mine that uh, he has, a, a he does several different projects, but he's got a rock band out right now and um, they're releasing um a red limited edition red vinyl of their new album. And so of course I've got to get online and get that ordered and everything, but cool. there's Who's that? Uh, the band's name is in theory. In theory. That sounds yeah. good. And, yeah. I'd, uh, I'd love to make a vinyl of, of my project too. I, yeah. There's a lot of, uh, I interviewed a young lady from California. She's 20, 21, something like that just released her vinyl and I've got to get on her site and, and get it ordered uh, because the album itself, she's got a real unique voice. I just love her voice. And, and she's almost got kind of that um, I'd almost call it like a, um, Oh, um, Alanis Morissette meets Miranda Lambert type feel. I mean, she's got a lot of angst in what she and the way she sings. It's just that voice just sounds so. It just grabs you. I mean, cool. and uh, her name is Sam Carey, and um, I've got it. Like I said, we were talking, and she told me she had a, a vinyl coming out, and I'm like, I got to get it. She goes, I'll put one back for you. And I'm like, Well, you better because I'm going to order it. And uh, so it's like, man, I can't wait to hear the whole project on the turntable, you know, and yeah. Uh, I can't seem to find a good record player that sounds good. <laughs> uh, it's, I tell you that you're, and you, you probably have to look somewhere or go to a, you know, maybe get lucky in a nowadays best. I hate to say it, an antique store. <laughs> yeah, know? I know uh, because, these new ones aren't that nice. They're, yeah, they're not that good. I mean, I've got one that's Bluetooth, or you can plug it into, like I can plug it into my sound bar for my TV and. And yeah, I guess if you hook it up to a nice. Um, system yeah yeah and it's of course it's got the sub on it and then the sound bar so i mean it might i don't know what it'll sound like i've got a couple of albums well i've got several albums i need to put on there but um just yeah. to see how it does sound you know because yeah i've got like some uh, bruce springsteen and journey and uh poison you know some of the hair bands from the 80s that i grew up with and then i've got george jones and johnny cash and um uh, Reba and some of those others, you know, that I just love to hear what they're going to sound like. And, yeah, I think it's like the whole experience of taking it out of the thing and putting putting the needle down, and then even that crackling sound. Like, oh yeah, I wrote about that in one of my songs on this project. Is like leaving the crackling sound. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, like <laughs> they make software where you can actually like put that yeah. in the song if you want. You know, 
Yeah, exactly. But yeah. How about just a real thing? <laughs> yeah, why not just do it real? You know, why put <laughs> into a song? You know, I mean, I guess if you want to do it for the effects or whatever, but just put it on vinyl and let it do it itself. You know, right. <laughs> it sounds a lot better that way. So uh, let's talk about your latest single. Um, it's called Get Over It. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, you released it in uh, July, so it's been out a couple of months now, mm -hmm. roughly. And what was the? Uh, I, I mean, okay, the I didn't want to get too much into the backstory until after we we let them hear the song. I want you know folks to hear it first. Um, but is that a song that you felt like? Um, was it one of those you'd had in your mind a while or was it one you just sat down and wrote or? No, that was actually a title that my publisher called for us to write. Mm -hmm. And it was Don Bedell's title, actually. Okay. So it was his idea. And um, I can't remember exactly if it was that he wanted it to be about a love thing, but I think it, he didn't, but I can't remember because Johnny called. Mm -hmm. Johnny Morris and it's like you need to write this get over it and so that's how and then um we got together with uh Trafton and uh one of the other writers at, at Evergreen and uh it just we seem to fall back on drinking songs pretty <laughs> you know we'll, we'll think about things and toss things around and if it and if we get stuck then we're like let's just write a drinking song and that's kind of like what happened <laughs> but um well nashville is known for its drinking song so you know what better thing to fall back to yeah and uh i think it just kind of felt like going in that musical direction of like something kind of throwback feeling mm -hmm. uh and i honestly didn't think it was that great of a song when we were done with it, I was like, not, I don't know. I remember just thinking like, meh. But then like John Conley did the demo and um, I just loved the track that he did. Right. And I found myself like listening to it every morning and pushing my boy in the stroller and just kind of like sitting out on the deck and, um, I don't know. I just had this vibe that I was like, right, wanting to grow more of that. You know, I wanted to put, you know, dig through the catalog and find more songs that go with in that style, and just put out an right. album of. And so that's kind of how it started. And, mm -hmm. um, but I was like, this is going to be the first song on, on this classic country thing, and uh, right. Just that opening riff, it just kind of like it feels like I don't know. I think being like a a new mom and I don't know, I just kind of connect. I think also like watching like Yellowstone, right? <laughs> and like um, thinking about uh, those country things of of uh, you know like nature stuff and, and uh right i don't know it's this mindset of like um i mean well like uh. stuff like they just i don't know 
like these mallard ducks and this like blanket of the yeah. deer and <laughs> this wolf blanket. It was like this whole vibe of like country, um, you know, woodsy right kind of thing. And that even though that song's about like drinking whiskey and I think it tied into this sort of persona that I was feeling of, of just like dive bar like mm-hmm. familiar friend that you know like yeah you're you're heartbroken but it's, it's not the first heartbreak you know and there's sort of a charm to it of just like you know when you go to the corner bar and you smoke a cigarette and have a beer with start talking to the to the veteran next year or something i don't know and it's like you know that they've probably lived a hard life and but you don't really get too deep into it, but you just kind of, you're both drinking and chatting and just, you know, getting through life, you know, I don't right. know that, that kind of country. <laughs> it's sense. kind of a, it's kind of like a throwback to simpler times. You know, you don't have all the stress of today when you listen to the song, it's, it's very relaxed. And so we'll let them hear it real quick. This is called <laughs> get over it. It's uh Minnie Murphy and, uh, she is on before Nashville, which is proudly sponsored by Go Go Tuners. There are they are the go-to tuner for professional and amateur musicians alike, and great tuners. If you want to check them out, go to gogotuners.com and uh, tell them I sent you. We're trying to work out some deals with them right now on a little bit of a you know little code you could put in. So we get that. We'll start telling you about that as well. But go check them out. Here's Minnie Murphy. This is called Get Over It on Before Nashville, where we're introducing the country stars of tomorrow to the country fans of today. There's some sitting up on the shed. Just like me, it's gonna spend the night by itself I don't want to waste a glass Cause it's a waste of time It ain't strong enough To drown a love that's died So I'm shooting And my tears have dried But my heavy heart's too much to set aside And the sleepless sober nights have gone on too long Well, I do anything to feel nothing Shooting whiskey 
Murphy, get over them before Nashville. We're going to introduce the country stars of tomorrow to the country fans of today. Listen to the crowd go wild. <laughs> She's even got her manager back there with her. Hey, what's up, buddy? This is my boss. <laughs> he looks like he rules the roost, too. Uh, he's climbing on the pinball machine here. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, that, I mean, that song, it's, it is absolutely a good, uh, you know, like you said, when you want to get back to just a different time where it's, you know, the music and the, the vocals and everything reminds you of the, the, the country artists of the past. Cool. Well, thank you. And, uh, I mean, I love the steel guitar and anything and the, uh, I sound like it might have been a little bit of slide guitar in there too, or you were doubling up on the steel. I couldn't quite tell. Yeah, uh, John Conley did like a, a mock steel kind of thing, and then okay, then we did overdub real steel. But I really fell in love with like what he played on his mock steel. So I was yeah. like, I don't want to lose that. So yeah, we just we washed it all up with with steel guitar because I love yeah. it. <laughs> it sounds really good, and I mean, you know the. The, the lyrics, like you said, it's just about, you know, you got to get over it. And best way to do it is just start, you know, shooting whiskey, go from <laughs> wine to whiskey. And that makes everything better. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is about like instant gratification and, and, you know, like, you know, that you're not being smart and you're going to pay for it later. But, you know, in that moment, that's all you know how to what to how to deal with it. You know, and like right. But yeah, I wasn't. We weren't trying to get too clever. I mean, there's like definitely a trend in Nashville of being like really clever with your lyrics and all these mm. play on words and and double entendres and you know how can we flip the angles of this saying and right. I think like, um, and which is really, you know, awesome. And, and I, I appreciate all that, but like, I also just like have been in this, you know, trying to keep things simple thing. Right. Even though as you can see my house is not, <laughs> I got a bunch of stuff I've been cleaning tonight, but I'm trying to simplify, you know, I think like it's good to keep it simple and, um, simpler times right um, appeal to me right now you know 
Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's one of those things, you know, like you're talking about the way that Nashville writes now and the music coming out of Nashville and, and, uh, it, it just sounds so complicated, you know, I mean, why, uh, you know, I, I hear some artists say, well, it took me 15 minutes to write that song. And then I've heard other artists say it took me three days to write that song. And if it takes you that long, you know, I mean, and sometimes longer, is that a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Yeah. I don't know, but to me, I would rather be with the, you know, the 10 to 15 minutes. And if it comes out sounding the way I want it, then, then I'm good, you know? Yeah. Those are the... Yeah, I always enjoy when it goes like that, but yeah, not that songs normally take 10 to 15 minutes. I mean, I know they take longer than that, but you know, yeah, I mean, I I mean like you can write a good song quick comparatively. When that happens, it's almost like you're in a portal, you know, from the heavens, and it's like right. it's being imparted to you, and you're just like copying it down, <laughs> like, and it right. just goes down. It's like, <laughs> but. You definitely have to work on it. And I think like that's always good to revisit lyrics and really think about like, you know, I know Leonard Cohen like would spend years on songs and I guess it just depends on the song, but yeah, I mean, I think there's room for like everything, you know, like there's going to be, songs where you just say a couple lines over and over again and it's just like you know i mean how many big hits are like that one um you know if it's meant to be it'll be it'll be baby just let it be i couldn't believe when that song came out i was like but people loved it. And I was like, wow, okay. I think I'm thinking too hard or something. (laughs) But then like, you know, it's okay to think too hard too, because like, I also love all those, like you said, the stories and, you know, I mean, Mm -hmm. when people get really detailed and, and, and country music and, you know, down to these specific visual things that oh yeah yeah 75 johnson electric choke or whatever and it's like <laughs> that like right. whatever and like stuff like that and right like you have to know what you're talking about and you know you didn't just say you know a car or a boat or whatever you, you like you actually talked about the chrome and the you know right right yeah sitting on you know Whatever kind of tires you. <laughs> yeah, dear, dear old Johnny Cash and one piece at a time, I think is the one you're talking about. Where he's talking about working in the factory and they're taking all these parts and, you know, building their own car, so to speak. Oh, I was talking about the Alan Jackson Drive song. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> but I'll have to check that one out, too. Yeah, yeah, check out one piece at a time, Johnny Cash. That's a that's a good okay. song. Yeah, and, I love Johnny Cash. Uh, yeah, he, he does that a lot, too. Um but it's, uh, I mean, you're right. It it would almost have to be, I mean, I guess I'm not a songwriter, so I can't say I I know what you're talking about, but I understand where you're coming from with it, you know, about it being almost like a religious experience where it just kind of is just imparted to you and, and you write it down and you go with it, you know, and then other days you get stuck on something 
and you have to walk away and then you come back to it and you still are stuck. You know, I mean, yeah. uh, I've got a friend that writes songs that said, you know, he, uh, he's talking about one song he wrote said, uh, I've had this song for a year and I can just never get it finished, you know? Yeah. And then something happened where he went back to that song and something happened in his life and he starts to write again and boom, next thing you know, he's got a single out, you know? Yeah. That's so cool. So, it's it's really difficult now uh, uh, there's a part of the show that i do that i i kind of make a little fun i mean i kind of find out some stuff that maybe people don't know about you and so mm -hmm. we're we're gonna move forward on to that real quick okay okay <laughs> So this is a part of the show I called I Heard a Rumor because the rumor that I've heard is that you have a stepsister that, or a half-sister, I'm sorry, a half-sister that you sang behind and you got to sing on a national TV show with her and, and she's pretty well known in the country music realm. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And, and we're not going to harp on that long because the story's about you, but uh, Jamie O'Neill happens to be your half-sister. That's right. So did you guys hang out a lot? Because there's a little bit of a, there's a, a pretty good age gap in there, isn't there? Yeah. Um, it was from my dad's first marriage. Um, uh, he, My dad was born in, in New Zealand and uh, mm -hmm. he moved to Australia and his first wife, they had two daughters and, um, yeah, so, and they toured all over. Yeah, that was Jamie's uh, been, you know, like grew up on the road and everything. And right. And then later, my dad moved to America and met my mom, and um, they moved to L.A. and that's where I was born. And then we moved up to uh, uh, Bellingham, and uh, mm -hmm. but Jamie. And would visit and um you know i was always in awe of her and loved her voice and just right. watching her put her makeup on me and my sister was <laughs> oh my god <laughs> she's so cool <laughs> you know and like um so yeah we didn't grow up together but we became we become really close you know since living right. in nashville um we write together and, you know, there's always family dinners going on with everybody getting together. But yeah, my, my experience growing up to the age of like 19 was that, you know, she would come to visit and, and, uh, right. But yeah, I was, I would cry when she would leave. <laughs> I remember like her getting on the plane, like, no, Jamie, <laughs> you know, like, I was, a little girl and stuff because um yeah so uh but yeah it was she's always been really generous with like letting us sing on her albums and perform with her on big high profile gigs and and right. uh, so she could have hired anybody but she's right. been really inclusive with the family and and always been a, a great role, role model and sister and friend and um, great mother. And so. 
Right. And that's really awesome. I mean, because you've got somebody that, I mean, I, I could see some of the things that she had gone through and, and when you started getting into music, if you guys sat down and had a conversation, you know, about that and, and she would kind of give you some of the ins and outs and the, what to watch out for's and that kind of thing, you know, um, growing up because a lot of, a lot of artists don't get that. I mean, you know, you don't know, who the, the wolves and sheep's clothing are, so to speak. I mean, you really got to watch out sometimes. Yeah. I mean, she didn't, we didn't talk really. Um, she wasn't giving me really advice. Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's just always kind of been about the music and I mean, she said things like, you know, you dance with the devil or you stay in your seat, you know, mm -hmm. but, and that it was hard to like put yourself out in the world, you know, but that's just like a symbolic saying, you know, I don't, right. I mean, you know, you could get into, I haven't made it to that level. I mean, I know people get like, see some weird stuff, you know, right. But I think, you know, like, like she's had weird fans like write her letters and stuff that she never met that swore that they were together and right. you know like she, there's been stuff like that you see like when somebody's in the limelight like wow but right but you know i didn't think i ever sent that letter but i guess i did no i'm only kidding <laughs> but um yeah i mean like i've got gotten to see her go through different record deals and um mm -hmm. uh she's done so many incredible things you know and oh yeah, yeah. uh been to made a lot of celebrity friends and all that and, um which is cool but uh she keeps it about the music and um i guess there's there's politics you know that you have to keep in mind but right um i don't know because i haven't really been in that place right some <laughs> I, of it you have to play and some of it you don't i mean that's what it boils down to when it comes to the politics side but yeah i mean like you know i i was told you know you have to make the label think that you know you want to make them think it was their idea, you know, if, if you're, right. trying, if you're trying to push for something, right. you know, like, um, I don't know. I remember be being on montage and they were like, we're the experts, you know? And I think part of the reason why I lost my Sony deals, cause I was kind of stubborn. I was trying to do something that was not really what, like I didn't necessarily want to write with everybody and you know, I I right. I kinda wanted to do it all myself. <laughs> <laughs> right. But this is a collaboration town and and now I love it. I feel like whatever the magic of Nashville is and is a part of me now, but like it was pretty weird at first coming, mm -hmm. you know, like writing at 10 a.m. with a stranger and stuff, you know, like because growing up in Bellingham, it was like 
I don't write a song unless it's like nighttime and you know, like, like or whatever. And and um, I don't know. So there's there's a thing about Nashville that you learn, and, right? Um, for better or for worse, you know. I think sometimes I want to get yeah. back to like feeling less less knowledge about that but then sometimes i feel like i don't know anything and you know it is kind of cultish and you know there's groups and cliques and 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 you know i don't know it's it 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 changes you know i mean right be all about the guys or you know and or it's all about this now or or now you know like but those sub genres and i just I just want to be myself. That's what right. I learned. I, I I feel like there were times when you know I was creating a character and almost like singing in an accent that, or, or you know, like right. I just I just want to you know be real. I mean, people have told me lie about your age and you know, and don't say that you were born in in L.A. because then they're gonna think you're privileged or or be like Dolly Parton or you know. Or, um, you know, don't get fat or whatever. <laughs> it's like, right. uh, it's so funny. Don't have kids. <laughs> um, because today I was reading an article about George Strait, and he was receiving an award in Oklahoma, I believe it was very hush hush type of thing. I mean, it wasn't like super, it wasn't like a CMA. It wasn't even a music related award. It was an award that he won for promoting the country Western lifestyle, Cool, you know, and George was raised on a ranch and, you know, and he kept that going and he's got his ranch today. But one of the first things that the, the, and I'm not going to mention the label's name, even though 99.9% .9 of people know what label George Strait is on. Uh, and it hasn't changed in 50 years, however long he's been with them. Um, I think I know that. Yeah. Um, I, I would say it hasn't changed in 61 or 62 number one songs. How's that? Um, but... The first one of the first things they told him was loose the cowboy hat. Oh yeah. Then the second thing was they wanted him to change his name. Wow. <laughs> and could you imagine what life would be like without George Strait <laughs> and him wearing a cowboy hat? I mean, it just would Yeah. A lot of folks it would just cease to exist. But that was I actually a story that he told him. I had a one this one guy that was almost my manager write this fake bio that was like Minnie grew up and singing in the Baptist church choir and like I don't know he like concocted this whole story and I was just like oh my god no <laughs> yeah gonna, I don't know it was weird like yeah everybody thinks they know what will work based upon what might have worked for somebody else Mm. And there's a lot of fear. And I think like, you know, fear is the worst thing to feel when you're 
you know, you're supposed to be brave and fearless and different and, and courageous and authentic. And like, you know, those, those are the empowering things, but, um, there's a lot of money at stake and, you know, it's easy to fall into that, but it's gambling, you know, it's like, Oh yeah. But, you know, I think the artist needs to feel like that they're um, like the momentum won't be there if, if the artist isn't, you know, feeling it. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you and, and for you to I mean, for somebody to make you to be something that you're not. The, the hard part about that is you you lose sight of who you really are at some point or you, you know, well, you know, it's, it's like, I've, I've heard an old, I read or heard this, I I don't want to call it an old saying, but basically you have to lie to lie because as it goes on, you have to tell more lies to cover the lie you just told. So if somebody exaggerates, We'll call it that, but you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> somebody exaggerates a little bit on something, then further down the line, it's finally going to catch up to you. Yeah. You know, um, uh, you know, uh, you'll run across somebody say like your, your person that wrote this bio, you know, grew up in the Baptist church. And if they said in, in uh in Bellingham, Washington, well, there's only one Baptist church. You run across with somebody and say, Well, how's old Pastor Dave doing? <laughs> You're going, Yeah, Ow. I mean, I'm not knocking any Baptist <laughs> church, but I just right. sing in a Baptist church choir. Like, right. like he had, I don't know. It was right. weird. I can't remember everything else that he said, but it was. But it's like the whole thing will come back to haunt you. And <laughs> yeah. then you've got to cover it up. And then, you know, all of a sudden, and it doesn't reflect bad on the person that wrote the bio. It reflects bad on the person that the bio is about. Exactly. Yeah. You know, because all of a sudden people realize, well, she didn't grow up in a Baptist church in, in Bellingham because there's only one and she didn't know who it was. It <laughs> yeah. was the pastor, you know, things like that. <laughs> just just little things, you know, but the, the little things can get big. So, I, I mean. But then on the other hand, like. If it's if the world is a stage and and people just want to be entertained. Like right. Bob Dylan lied apparently about everything and he'd made right. up these really funny stories and he was charismatic and it was just like a bunch of bullshit, but it was like, you know, exactly interesting and, and like, you know, I don't know. I yeah, just feel well, like, I, 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 I think know, sometimes artists- I wonder like maybe being real is, is, isn't interesting enough. And maybe, but you know, like we all have everybody within us, you know, we can kind of, it is kind of acting. Mm -hmm. And, and I think like entertainers, you know, they do develop sort of a, a split personality because they have to like be this thing on stage. And it's, it's, it is an exaggeration or, or like a, a fantasy. And then, you know, maybe their real self is, is, is much more like, you know, just 
humdrum kind of whatever <laughs> normal person that you know you wouldn't necessarily want to watch all day long but <laughs> right right um, so yeah, yeah well, my, my life consists of going to work, coming home, eating dinner, maybe watching some TV, going to bed, getting up the next morning, going to work. <laughs> and, and I mean, you know, but I don't tell people, well, you know, I, uh, I get up at six o'clock, I go work out for three hours and then I can off to the office where I, you know, and make cut deals all day long. You know, I, I, I am who I am, but one side or the other. I mean, so it's, I, I understand what and you're I saying. I think the interesting that. things about that are those little in-between moments or like what's going on in your head while you're on the treadmill or right. like what, what are you listening to like while you're driving to work or, you know, right. The, the little magnifying glass moments of ordinary moments is where things get interesting. Right. Very but, true. Very true. Um, I don't know. My life's pretty, you know, boring in a way. <laughs> like, I mean, it's chaotic and stuff, but you know, it's a lot of house cleaning and changing diapers and <laughs> all that stuff. Yeah. But that's all the fun part. It's like you said, that's the little moments in between that make your life interesting because especially when you have a young child. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I've been through that three times, so I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, I know. And that that's something that like so most people go through, and but yet it's like the most profound thing ever. You know, it's right. like having a kid is like, you know, like such a privilege and just changed my life. And I just, but it's like, almost like, it's so ordinary. It's so extraordinary. And like, right. it's right. just interesting. Like, you know, <laughs> how you want to like brag about it all the time and be like, my kid. And it's like, yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> I got one too. <laughs> wait, just wait till he starts playing ball and doing stuff like that, you know, and, and you'll be the parent over there going, that's my boy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's all my Instagram is pretty much. And I know I'm supposed to be doing the artist thing, but I just like, <laughs> hey. to make it all about my boy. It's all about, you know, uh, to me, it's, your life is your life. If, if it's, I mean, your entire life is interesting as, as an artist, because like you say, you know, those little moments, like, you know, um, read an article about an artist the other day and she was talking about her daughters and how they always want to hear mom's song or they'll hear it on the radio. Oh, that's mom singing mom singing, you know, that kind of thing. But you can keep those moments to yourself or you can share them and it kind of gives, I, I like to get more of an insight into the everyday artist as opposed to, I mean, you know, I know, okay, you go into a room, you're with three, four, you know, other people, two to, you know, however many you're writing with, you're sitting down, you're writing a song, you've got a, a melody in your head or you played it out on a guitar, you know, how all that stuff works, but it's all that thing outside, you know, that to me, that's how fans are made when they know not everything you know, you don't want to give them too much, but you want to give them enough that they go, I can, you know, kind of that relatability is what it boils down to. Yeah. You know, and that to me, that makes the, the fans so much 
more appreciative of what you do because they can look inside your very small window because you don't want to make it a picture window. You want it to be a very small window, <laughs> but they can still see inside. And I think that's one of the biggest things about it that carries over and just makes an artist, you know, that much more likable and that much more entertaining, you know? Yeah. Um, but so they can find, you've got your website, miniemurphymusic.com and that's got your story. It's got all your, uh, your Instagram or your social media uh, musically um, the, the get over it is out on, is it on, it's on all the streaming platforms. Yes, it is. So you can go check it out on Apple iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, all that good stuff. And um, the, the new, anything new coming down the pipe in the next six months or so. Yeah. Well, I've just, finished a spanish version of get over it okay <laughs> so i'm excited about putting that out and and more singles off of the project and the whole ep it's seven songs it's, it's mm -hmm. called evergreen and um i'm gonna put out a christmas song and uh cool got some performances coming up and just uh yeah there'll be lots of surprises and, and cool stuff so stay tuned <laughs> well you can uh if if you're watching and you want to find out more then you can definitely go to minimurphymusic.com or follow her on her her social media and and um uh, see what's happening be sure to check out her music streamer music that's very important to artists to, to stream their music so make sure you do that and um check her out and uh, read up on her and then um, I'll, I'll be watching. I'll see, you know, how kind of how the career's going. I'm interested to, to hear some more music. Um, I don't know any Spanish, so if I listen to the Spanish version, I'll have to have one in one ear and one in the other. Well, the whiskey, whiskey is the same word. So, and then there's adios, which I'm sure you know what that means. So it's, right. I think between that those two things you kind of know what it's about okay yeah, you, can, you can kind goodbye. of figure it out and yeah <laughs> goodbye you said goodbye and i'm drinking whiskey yeah <laughs> that's all you need to know that yeah. popped it up right there but yeah it took several times to get that version actually i still need to tweak a few things because i wanted to roll my r's on everything and superarro superarro is get over it in spanish <laughs> So, uh, so I didn't know that. Now I do. So I, I know that I can't roll my R's though. So. <laughs> well, we're, I'm really not supposed to roll the R apparently too much. Mm -hmm. It's most. It's supposed to be like a D, superado, super, but it's hard to do. It's like a right. soft. It's like a soft D. I don't know. It's interesting, but oh. um, oh, it's a beautiful language. It kind of changes the whole song and uh, yeah. And I love being able to reach new people. And um, I also want to remix it into like a pop dance version too. Like, oh, and you know, that could be interesting. Make, make it like a, you know, with that Spanish remix. I think that could be really cool. <laughs> you know, like looping that steel guitar. And, mm hmm. Ta, 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 ta. Yeah. you know i mean you never know like i just feel like 
<laughs> have fun and and um you know explore <laughs> right play um, around with it i mean you know that's that's always the fun part you play with it and you get somebody that kind of can grasp the vision that you have for it and can turn it into that vision that's always neat yeah so well, and again, I just, you know, uh, thanks for coming on and I've enjoyed sitting and chatting with you tonight. It's been a lot of fun. Minimurphymusic.com. Don't ask me to say that 10 times fast. Cause I'm going to butcher it, <laughs> <laughs> but you can go find her at her website and you can also find her on social media plus stream the music as well. And, uh, coming up on uh, Thursday night, we'll be back with you here on before Nashville. And until then, we will see you on Before Nashville. Thank you so much. Thank you, Minnie. Have a good night. You too. Bye.